Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder of Foreman. Vegas Golden Knights tonight in a huge game against the Minnesota Wild, 5 o'clock. We'll uh, preview that for you coming up here today. Plus, we get ready for, well, it is Cinco de Mayo, so happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Thanks. <laughs> Where are the tacos today? Where's the enchiladas, Chuck? You know I'm a foodie, and I love my Mexican food. I was expecting the full menu. I figured you were, I, I was expecting a call last night saying we were doing the show at Lindo or something, one of your go-to spots. Mm-hmm. You know what I had for lunch today? Tacos? <laughs> <laughs> I had the jalapeno pepper jack burger today at Freddy's. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Is that their Cinco de Mayo specialty? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you like tacos, it's probably been a good couple days for you because Taco Tuesday is every Tuesday, yeah. now Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Well, you know, I loaded up on my taquitos on, on Sunday and uh, went back for some tacos on Sunday at one of my favorite establishments. I told you I had my Marg Dip shipped in from Green Bay. 96 ounces of the beautiful Marg Dip. The four different cheeses in there. The secret ingredients. A little spinach in there. A nice little spice to it with the hot salsa delivered for my boy, Cowboy Tim, in margaritas in Green Bay. And yes, it traveled very, very nicely. And, then, and they didn't spice it up with any Aaron Rodgers tears or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I get my I get my Mexican fill just about on a daily basis, but I don't know what it was today. I just I was jonesing for the jalapeno. So now burger. that it's Cinco de Mayo, you're like, I'm not doing Mexican today. I know, isn't that right? <laughs> and to be honest with you, the, the Cinco de Mayo kind of caught up on me today. Just like, oh, that's right, Frank did save me the fourth fourth be with you yesterday. So add one. Oh, today is Cinco de Mayo. No, I mean every day is someday. You know, yeah. tomorrow will be you know. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich day or something. I mean, it's like, it, it's amazing how every day now has like six different things that are tied into it or something like that. So, right. Um, our good friend John Jiggy Maxwell, the fine media relations director for the Las Vegas Aces. So, every day he's posts it's today is national something or other day. Right. And, you know, I guess there really is a something or other every day. Oh, there's right? multiple things the, every day. And that's, they yeah, they, they yeah. sell calendars. You know right. how like, like, there used to be like the word of the day calendar and stuff like that? There's right. calendars now going over so the, all that kind of stuff. So there's numerous ones, right? So every day he'll send out in this press release. So I'll give you today's. Now, he didn't say happy Cinco de Mayo today. You know what he said today? He said, today, Wednesday, May 5th, is National Astronaut Day. There will be no media availability while the team returns from lunar orbit. We'll return tomorrow with fresh new Zooms for everybody. 
So there you go. So, I mean, I think he makes half this stuff up, right? Well, I think he made that one up, and it's kind of a bummer to me. Yeah? Because if I'm going to get a Zoom, I'd rather get one from space than just down here. Yeah. Would have been more special if they did it when it was astronaut day. A Zoom from space means more than a Zoom from that everybody's been yeah. doing for the last year with yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Come on, man. But every day there's something national something chocolate jubilee day. I mean, every day. Well, I remember there so, used yeah. to be like a national ice cream day, and then that wasn't enough. Now there's like... National Vanilla Ice Cream Day and Chocolate yeah. Ice Cream yeah. and Chocolate Trip and yeah. Cookie Dome, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. And, and, every, and every, again, there's only 365 days in a year, so now they got a, everything's got like six different days to it. Yeah. The hits keep coming. Here we go. My good friend Lonnie Jordan in War, as we know, has been on the show. Cinco de Mayo, one of the great hits from War. That's a Cinco de Mayo song right there. Is he gonna like this, Frank? He's got a little, got a little rock infused, a little funk in there, you know. Um, about the closest that I get to really rocking and thinking about would be like Santana. Santana, good. Santa Carlos Santana yeah. rocks, and yeah. I, I think he's a good friend of Lonnie Jordan, by the way. He's uh, yeah. getting uh, getting ready to do another residency out here in Vegas. He's this coming back. He's one of them. So yes. uh, yeah. now he puts on a great yeah. show, and that guy can still shred. Speaking of which, breaking news: we know that shows are back here in Las Vegas. You talk about Santana. I did see that. And if you guys want to go, we'll go ahead and, and, and do it. Coming back by popular demand for like 30-day residency from November to December at the Venetian. The one, the only, the legendary, the elements of the world, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Chicago's very own, by the way. Yeah. There you go. That's some you, cool stuff. You down for that? Maybe. I mean, I, I wouldn't be totally opposed to it. I like some Earth, Wind, and Fire yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I I didn't have all of their albums and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's certain songs of theirs I wouldn't switch the station on. Oh wow, yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And uh, when they put on a show, they put on a show. I mean, it's not as elaborate as it was like back in the day, but still, the horn section isn't as big or anything. like it's that? It's not or? as big, but they still have the horn section. Philip Bailey still with the great vocals. Uh, but yeah, they Verdine White, and they're still doing it. And last time I saw them was at the Venetian before the pandemic. So yeah, they're coming back. There you go. So they've been on the program before as well. I think too. there's going to be a lot of residencies trying to come back. Yeah, and I know when Resorts World opens up that they're already doing their. I know uh, Celine Dion and a bunch of others. Yeah. They're already yeah. uh, starting to advertise that stuff. So yeah, yeah and, and that's a good sign. You know, it's kind of funny too because a lot of times I'll watch the rant on Channel Five. Mm-hmm. Just, I think, to get my blood boiling because yeah. people just really tick me off how stupid a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. But I also watch it just to kind of get a, a feel for what the opinion of some people out there and that are. And it always kind of cracks me up when I hear everybody complain about these residencies. Well, I want to take my daughter. Or I want to take my grandson or this, that, or the other. But tickets are so expensive. And it, it sucks living in this town. I could go someplace else and see them cheaper. It's a residency in like a 2,000-seat venue or something. That's why they're that much. Yeah. You, you, it, it's not a right to go to a concert. It's a privilege. Correct. And if you can't afford it, then you don't go. Yeah. And if you, if, if, if you want to see them in a bigger venue where it's not as intimate than that, then wait till they come to Sam Boyd Stadium or the new, uh, you know, the, the Allegiant Stadium or someplace else. There are bigger venues out here where tickets aren't as much, but they, people always bitch about that, and it's like, that's the way it is. If you want to see, then drive to LA and go to Staples Center if it's cheaper. But they're 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 not even going to get the money to produce an act like that in that venue unless they charge high ticket prices. I don't like it either, but it's reality. But you know what? When you really look at it, it uh, those prices are not that exorbitant in comparison to the other venues that they're performing. And the thing about it is, when you book a residency. The artists love it, okay, because they're they're getting a, a, a guarantee for numerous days, and they will take a little less money when it's uh, you know broken down per show. Yeah, they don't have to pay the roadies. They don't have to load everything up and go and exactly. get up in the morning and go. What the hell town am I in today? Yeah, right, exactly. Sound check, okay. Well, and and they can actually sound. enjoy yeah. Vegas. Right, exactly. You know, they're yeah. two dark days. They can go out and they yeah. can sh- check out somebody else's show or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great idea to do residencies, yeah. and it's not. Just just here in Vegas now. You see it in other cities in that two bigger cities where they're doing residencies in that. But, but yeah. But I just, I've just never understood everybody's complaining. Like it's like, well, I can't afford the tickets. Well, concert tickets I, I in can't general, either, but <laughs> are are ex- are expensive, more you know, expensive now too. I, I can't yeah. afford yeah. Golden Knights tickets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good thing we don't have to pay for tickets. Huh? <laughs> when we're in. Oh boy. Okay. So yeah, more residencies. 
coming here to Las Vegas. Cosmopolitan, uh, they're booking acts as we speak right now for uh, for fourth quarter. So, yeah, looking forward to all that. Uh, Bill Burr is coming to the Cosmopolitan. I don't know if you guys are big Bill Burr guys or not, but, uh, yeah, already got hit up for, for one request from Bill, from Bill Burr, from one of our regular guests. Want to take a guess who wants to go see Bill Burr? Who's our favorite doctor? Um, Besides me. Dr. Kevorkian? <laughs> <laughs> Who gave you your flu shot? Come on, man. Yeah, Dr. Christina. She loves Bill Burr. She wants to go. There you go. Cosmopolitan, coming. We'll see. All right. How about we'll see with Aaron Rodgers? It's still going on here. It's not going to not go on. Yeah, we're going to get this story all the way through training camp, aren't we? We're going to get and, this. And what, did you say go away. what did you say on Terrible right. Tuesday yesterday? We're going to do this today, and then we're not going to do it anymore. And I was like, no, we're not. It's going to keep. They're not going to let this die. It's something that? to talk about. <laughs> I, I know. And Aaron Rodgers gets to be talked about every day. <laughs> he loves it. Uh, now he's comparing it. Now he's calling their GM Jerry Krause. <laughs> Did you see that? He's now calling him Jerry Krause because as much as Jordan hated Krause, that's how much he hates this guy. Uh, yeah, these guys don't have uh, the experience of Jerry Krause. It, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. by the way, uh, if Call I'm Aaron Rodgers, I wish he would be Jerry Krause because they won six championships. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, yes, this is going to be a story. From now until the rest of the offseason, we get that. All right. Again, Aaron Rodgers hasn't spoken, but everyone has an opinion on this, including, I was going to say our good friend, but, well, it's not your good friend, but old number four, Brett Favre. (laughs) So he doesn't think he's coming back. And of course, you know, Brett lived it uh, firsthand himself back in uh, 2008. So he sent Rodgers a text on Thursday and joked with him and said, hey, he goes, uh, and so do you think you're going to come play for my hometown Saints? And Rogers actually responded back to him with a text and said, uh, hey, thanks for checking on me. I'll touch base with you after this is all over. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that is happening, uh, of, you know, regarding playing for, for the Saints. But he did say, yeah, thanks for checking on him, and uh, he'll get back to him there. But, uh, yeah, Brett doesn't think that uh, he will come back and play for the Packers. He says the ego's too big. He's saying that his feelings have been hurt that he would probably rather sit out. So, How have his feelings been that hurt? And now the report coming out today is they have offered to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the league. So it's just because they have a backup quarterback? How dare they? I've tried saying this over and over again. Okay, this cat, Over and over. This cat, cat is a strange <laughs> cat, man. He's just he's strange. Okay. Well, you're channeling your inner Janice Joplin. Yeah, there. they're... <laughs> He's a strange cat, man. Looks like you got a cat for no, one day, is. man. He he real he is. And again, and and when you look, he's at, a prima donna. 100%. Just call it what it is. He's, he's, a he's not a strange cat. He's, he's a diva. A, no. He's a prima donna. He's an yeah. egomaniac. He he is, but he's strange in the sense too of being very introverted. I've, I've shared with you the stories about you know when, when I first met him when he came to Green Bay. He's very very introverted, very shy, very is off on his own, does these things, and again, estranged from his family and, and other people. It's just, he, he never entrenched himself into the community in Green Bay, which upset a lot of people in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw Brett Favre at charitable functions. Okay, you saw Amon Green. You saw a lot of, of, of these great guys, you know, former Packers, that were all part of the community. And that was a big thing in Green Bay. I mean, that's, you know, the, well, yeah, the community, community owns the team. Absolutely. I mean, you, you dive into this. And I think I've shared with you on, on a couple of occasions where he has turned down to do certain things. We'll go into great detail about that now. But Unless the cameras are rolling. Exactly. Yeah, right. So here's a funny story for you. So there's a minor league baseball team in Appleton, which is right outside of Green Bay. Okay. And uh, so they had a game, I guess it was last night, and the de- there's a car dealership, uh, Bergstrom uh, Automotive. And so Brett Favre used to be kind of the spokesperson for them. So when Brett retired, it's like, oh, you know, it's like Brett used to host the charity softball game 
uh, with the Packers. And then so when Brett retired, well, who's going to step up there? And then Donald Driver became the face of that and this and that. Which so, is a perfect name for a car dealer, right, by the way. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so yeah, Donald was involved with, with Bergstrom. But anyway, so when Brett left, they passed the torch. Okay, who is it going to be? And it turned out to be Aaron Rodgers. So last night's game, they had a, a Bergstrom automotive ad with Aaron up on the Jumbotron there, right? And what happened? The crowd of about 6,000? They booed him. They, so they have was he now. A, was he in a Raider jersey? No. <laughs> <laughs> he was in no jersey. Just in his regular. Oh, shirtless. Club, huh? yeah, oh, that's so, even worse. No, no. So this is Channel 5. Stop that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, where am I going here? Yeah, so people are wondering which side are the fans going to take here. They're taking the side of the home team, of the organization, the longstanding organization, because, again, they love what Rodgers does on the field, but, again, he's never been that guy that has just latched on to the community. You don't see him hanging around town. He doesn't live there year-round. Immediately packs up and goes to San Diego. Brett lived in Green Bay or year-round. Year-round. Well, Rodgers, I mean, let's be honest about it, too. I mean, he went to I mean, Mississippi and he did that sort of thing for no, a while. No, no, but, but no I understand there. that. But also, house, wh- right when the, the season's over, I mean, he does a lot of golf tournaments and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, he, he, like you, I mean, he does stuff that he wants to do. Yeah, he doesn't but not mess, in Green Bay. He doesn't. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying, though. He that, that he wants to do where he wants to do it, and not necessarily football is a 12 month. Mm-hmm. 365-day-a-year job, yeah. maybe as far as working out and starting trying to stay in condition and that sort of stuff. But, no, I mean, when, when the offseason's there, he takes advantage of the offseason. Right. So we'll get a good, uh, some good feedback uh, tomorrow. So Tony Fisher, uh, who is the director of play, or, uh, alumni relations, and Tony was a teammate uh, of Brett uh, in those days, and also Aaron Rodgers as well, too. So Tony still works with the organization. He's going to join the program tomorrow and uh, give some take of what it's like there in Green Bay uh, right now. And, and I mentioned yesterday about Rob Domofsky, who's who now worked his way into the ESPN reporter job, you know, uh, reporting on the Packers. And, again, he talked to an executive in the Packers organization, and they, they, they asked Rob, they go, oh, so have you gotten our quarterback to come back yet? <laughs> now you guys pr- drove him away, so bring him back. You've been pretty adamant that he doesn't really have a place to go and that he's going to be playing again. Are you starting to waver on that a little bit? Do you think it's a possibility that he actually, like Jim Brown, after being MVP of the league, would walk away from the game, leaving that many millions? Again, I would think he's set financially for life, uh, you know, and he does have other options. It's not like he can't do stuff. He can be a TV game show host. He can go into movies or whatever. I'm not going to go pay to see him, but yeah. I don't go to a lot of movies and, now. But but do you think it's a possibility that he would actually walk away from the game because his ego is that big? You know, I was adamant that the fact that the Packers are going to weren't going to trade him, weren't going to trade him. That's where I, I was going with that. I thought yesterday, and I, and I said this that okay, he'll do what he did last year. He'll, he's going to suck it up because he wants that money. I think he, he still wants to play. He'd probably come back. And, you know, just say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be silent. I might give everybody the silent treatment for a while, whatever, and then I'm, I'm going to come and play football. But he also but, wants a ton of player personnel decision-making. Yeah, yeah but that's not going to happen. Well, so, and, and, right. and it seems like that's one of the biggest – that if he doesn't get that, that's one of the big focal points that a lot of people are saying. Yeah. If they don't give him that, he's, he is leaving. I think there's only one thing that can cure him to make him semi-happy right now. He's never going to be completely happy, but it's the money. If you come back and you pay him $40 million a season... But they offered him that. Yeah. So reports today yeah. are saying that they've offered to make him the yeah. highest-paid quarterback yeah. in the league. More than Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So he'd be lead in the State Farm commercials. Okay. I, I have not... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard not. That'd be good. Uh, and he's making plenty of money with State Farm and everybody else as well, too. But, um, you know, I think money cures everything. Does he have that ego and wants to put his foot in the sand or cement and say, hey, uh, my way or the highway. Yeah, I could see him doing that. I, I can see him doing that. But um, I, I think at this point, the longer that it goes and he feels continually to be disrespected, which, I mean, he got to get over that. Um, I don't see him being traded. I don't see him being traded. I do see the Packers, yeah, 
they're going to have to probably offer more money. They're going to have to do that. So whether this is official or non-official, that sounds good. But if it's official, yeah, he's going to take the money and say, I'll be back, let bygones be bygones, boom, and uh, this won't get to this matter at training camp. So, but I, I could see him possibly. If the Packers say, hey, we're not going to trade you, and we're not going to, you know, if you don't accept our offer, then, yeah, he, he might stick his fa- a foot in the sand and say, you know, I'm not playing. Here's the other thing to me, though, that kind of makes it interesting, too. Because the reports are saying that the Packers are willing to make him the highest-paid quarterback. He also wants personnel decisions. But if he wants to be the highest-paid quarterback, doesn't that make it that much more difficult for the Packers to bring in better players to play along with him because he's taken such a chunk of the money from that standpoint already? Oh, there's, no, there's no question. I, I mean, mean, again, you got Devontae Adams, okay? And, you know, you, you got to take care of Devontae Adams. But other than that, I mean, the, Aaron Jones left, okay, because he, he was coming up. Okay, the, 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 the prize guys who were, became free agents, the Packers said, nah, too much money, we're going to let you go. And in the back of their mind, they're probably thinking, okay, yes, we're going to have to take care of Aaron Rodgers. But that, that ship is, is pretty much sailed right now. Okay, you, who are the Packers going to bring in at this point in time right now? Okay, who are the available free agents? Okay, there, there is nobody. So you're stuck for this season. Maybe have that conversation next year, okay, when he becomes 39, you know, knocking on the door of 40. But for this season, their roster is pretty much set what it is right now, okay? I mean, you know, the free agent, uh, you know, period, boom, pretty much, you know, done, gone. We've had the draft, all that sort of thing. Who's going to come up here in the next month or two? I, I can't see them really dipping down into this. I think their their roster said, and they have said numerous times during the course of the last four or five months, we like our roster. Even though their defense isn't very good, they say, hey, we like our new defensive coordinator. We 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 like our defense. We're not going to make these major overhaul changes. So I don't see them, you know, go, going deep and, and and signing somebody big. I just don't see it. And, and their fan base isn't going to buy into. Well, this is going to be a rebuilding year, and we're going to get back because they've had so much success for so long. Even though they haven't won Super Bowls, they're always in the conversation. They're back to back NFC Championship games. Right. That, that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not going to say yeah, like, close. okay, well, we're going to let them go, and now yeah. we got to bring in somebody yeah. else and tutor them, and ah, we might be bad yeah. for a year or two. <laughs> You can get away with that in Chicago and Detroit, net because they've been rebuilding yeah. for decades. And here's the thing, too. Look at the division they're in. All right, who's your closest threat? The Vikings, probably. Then the Bears. It definitely is in Detroit. And let's let's be honest. I mean, the Vikings and the Bears are they're they're 500 teams, maybe ten, you know, well, 17 games now, right? No, 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 they're no, no more 500 11 and teams. six, right? Exactly, <laughs> 11 and six at best. Maybe Who, the, the Vikings. I'm talking oh, about the Vikings. The Vikings, yeah. Maybe, maybe not even that. 10 and seven. Yeah, I was gonna right? say if. Uh, uh, what, what's uh, I don't have them right in front of me. But what are the totals? Yeah. I'm guessing they're probably around. Well, the Vikings. The, the, yeah, yeah, the Vikings maybe nine, nine yeah. and a half yeah. or something. Exactly. Yeah, and we've talked about what the Bears you know? and what the Lions are. I so, mean, the, the yeah. only In that division, team. they're going to make the playoffs by fall. They could make the playoffs with Jordan Love as their quarterback, as sad as that sounds. And here's the thing. The Packers have to sign a quarterback because right now all they have is Jordan Love, and you don't know what you're getting with Aaron Rodgers. They only have two rostered quarterbacks right now because their backup went to the Lions as a free agent. So they're going to sign somebody, whether it's a, a guy off the street or a guy like Robert Griffin, a free agent who's, gonna, who's dying to play. There are guys like that out there. Is RG3 really dying to play, or is he just dying to have a job and get a paycheck and say that I'll tutor anybody? I'll tutor love. If, 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 if Rodgers leaves, I'll tutor love. I mean, he said he wanted to go to San Fran to yeah. tutor Trey Lance, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say I want to go to try to fight for a starting job. Yeah. He ripped Kirk Cousins and just called him number eight because he said he's been collecting a lot of money for a lot of years. RG3 wants the money. At least yeah. he's up front about him. I'll give him that. Yeah, he wants to be in the league. He yeah, wants to be. He in wants the to be yeah. in the league. And I think he wants to play. I, mean, I think he wants to play, but I think he'd be just as content holding a clipboard and getting that check every week. Yeah, I mean that's certainly what it sounded like. Sure, and I can't blame him. Yeah, hell, I'll hold the clipboard and <laughs> throw in the signs or something like that for the games. You would? What if one of the signs was number four, a nice gold card number four? Would you hold that up? Sure, because then it'd be like uh, you know a Vegas Golden Knight player. Because if it's gold, it's not a Packer card. Oh, I see. <laughs> 
Maybe it's Notre Dame. We got to get you glasses. You know, get your green and gold right. You know, I've seen their I've seen their jersey a zillion times in my life. That is not gold. Just tell them to call it green and gold. You can call it whatever yeah. you want to. Is it? It's not mustard. You yellow, can call though. it purple if yeah. you want to. It ain't that either. It is green and yellow. Speaking of the 49ers, uh, San Francisco CEO Jed York said today that he is totally fine with Trey Lance sitting on the bench for two years. So remember, we talked about this yesterday and also Monday. Jimmy Garoppolo had been in conversations with Kyle Shanahan saying that, hey, this is what we're going to do. Shanahan said, we're going to draft a quarterback, so be prepared, but we still want you here. So it wasn't these type of things because Shanahan was being all silent, speaking in code with you know the world ending all this other nonsense. But uh, they, J- Jed York is saying we're fine with him sitting for two years. Now, that's great news for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got a job for at least one year, probably two. And if he could stay healthy, he might put up some decent numbers. He's not going to throw the ball deep downfield, but... Again, he does have a, a very good record as a starting quarterback with the San Francisco 49ers, but he can't stay healthy. So this will be interesting to see how that situation plays out because, as you know, there are a lot of pundits out there that said, well, they're selecting this guy number three overall. He's going to start immediately, like the Bears. You know, they moved up to get Justin Fields at 11. He's going to start immediately. Both of these situations are, are in question, but now when we hear a CEO saying, hey, he's going to be, you know, we're fine with him sitting on the bench for two years, that tells me Jimmy G's a starter, which he should be, because even a 50 or 60% Jimmy G is better than 100% North Dakota State. Well, you know, as a football purist, I like the move. I don't know if I like yeah. it as a 49er fan. If, if you don't think you can win with Jimmy G. But I also don't want to see somebody thrown in there like the Bears did with Trubisky and basically ruin him before he even gets a chance to see if he's any good or whatever. Right. To lose his confidence in that. This kid, what, didn't throw an interception in college in, like, forever? You're gonna throw, he's going to throw interceptions in the NFL because those passes that he completed at North Dakota State are going to be picked off with the speed and the athleticism and that in the NFL. He's going to find it a much rougher transition. So I, I don't think it's a bad move whatsoever. I would like to see, and I think we might be kind of on the same page with this. I know Trevor Maddich wasn't when we spoke with him. I hope that Justin Fields does not start game one for the Chicago Bears. They got Andy Dalton there. He's a veteran quarterback. Let Fields learn a little bit. Make sure he's 100% healthy. Let him get a inkling of the speed of the game and everything else. They're not going to the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl this year anyhow. I'd rather see him get acclimated, let a veteran go in there, let him learn under somebody, and build a team around him. I don't want to see somebody ruined again and then see Justin Fields in three years down the road going someplace else as a has-been or washed up or whatever before he really gets a chance to find out what he can deliver if he's not ready to do it immediately. And I'm not sure. In fact, I don't think he is. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he is either, but this is this is a job situation. I mean, this is a Matt Nagy holding on his job. He's already on thin ice. And again, he's going to have to make that decision during you know, training camp, exhibition season, and say, hey, if this guy is ready, then they may go with him because he, he does offer something totally different than Dalton. He is elusive. We saw Dalton get sacked so many times last year. We're talking about the last game he was in. He got sacked six times uh, you know, with the Cowboys. I think you have to go into it just open competition, okay, and have Andy Dalton get the number one reps, see how that plays out in in training camp, see how it plays out during the exhibition games, and let it be open competition. And if Andy Dalton is healthy and he's got a decent offensive line that can protect him, I'm with you. Let him be the starting quarterback. And who knows, because we've said this before, that he's had some really good seasons in Cincinnati. He did. Had some pretty good seasons there. So, you know, I don't know. You know the, the Bears need a lot of help at, at different positions. You know that better than anybody. But Fields is going to be their quarterback. But you don't have to rush him in. But, I, you know, I, was ne- I never thought Trubisky was ready to take over because he, he had limited time in North Carolina. And, again, when he played the good teams, he looked horrible. When he played the bad teams, you know, 
just like typical North Carolina quarterbacks in in that in that ACC, get throw for four or five hundred yards, big deal. We see that a lot in college football. He made bad decisions at really bad times of games yes, a lot, did. and yes, and that was one of the big. So. It's like Jay Cutler did when yeah. he was the Bears quarterback, yeah. it, it, and you, you know, and ironically enough, you could argue that the last half of last season was the best that Trubisky played as a pro. Yeah, and it still wasn't enough to get the Bears to give him a shot yeah. or whatever. And then he didn't even go out fighting, trying to get a starting job and going to a place where he could maybe fight for a starting NFL job. Yeah. He's like, I'll go to Buffalo and be the backup. And he's a better quarterback now than he was three years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely, I, I actually think he might. I, I actually think they might have been better off trying to keep him instead of giving Andy Dalton that money because at least he knows right. the offense and everything right. else. But. That's water way under the bridge now. All right. uh, We come back. Our good friend Al Bernstein will join us. It is Cinco de Mayo weekend. You know what that means? That's Canelo Alvarez. Yes. He is fighting Saturday night in Dallas against Billy Joe Saunders. So Canelo getting back in the ring. This is a sign of many, many more boxing matches uh, coming to the forefront here in 2021. We'll discuss that with Al B. next. Logic and insanity mixed into a perfect prescription from the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, don't forget to get on over to any of the William Hill Sportsbook properties and get that mobile app downloaded on your phone first and foremost so you can bet where you watch the games. Not necessarily in the book. It could be anywhere. That's why you have to have the mobile app. And use that promo code TC50 at any William Hill Sportsbook property, and they'll give you $53 in your account when you deposit at least 50 in a brand-new account. That's right. Download it on your phone. Get on over. Make your deposit at any William Hill Sportsbook property, any of the kiosks around town in Vegas. Use the promo code TC50. That'll get you the job done for free money in your account, the William Hill mobile app. You know, I was just thinking when you were doing that read there, mm-hmm. how much times have changed in the years that we've been out here in that? Used to be where you couldn't have a phone in the sports book. Now your phone is the sports book. That is amazingly put. <laughs> and every time I go to a sports book and I deposit money into my account, I immediately get on the phone right there while I'm standing at the counter in front of the ticket writer, making sure that the transaction went through. And they're totally fine with it and everything. Yeah, if I, oh, let me look at the injury reports while I'm here. You're right. And remember the signs or the, the ticker, you know, sell your phone, strictly prohibited. Yeah. And we'll go way back to the days, like uh, specifically Stardust, because he used to do shows at the Stardust. And remember the That's bank. That's where I was thinking, to the, the bank of phones yeah. there. You'd see people yeah. going in there yeah. looking at the lines, and they were the runners yeah. for the guys. Yeah. And they'd be looking at all the lines. They'd be jotting down the things. Yeah. Then they'd run outside, and they'd call their numbers. <laughs> right. And they'd be on phone calls with the other runners yeah. from the different things yeah. to see which place had which lines on what games. And yeah. how, thereby, okay, well, you make yeah. this bet at the uh, Stardust. You make this one at the Frontier. You're going to down to, to Caesars or something. Right. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, that bank of phones there, they were always busy oh, outside yeah. the Stardust. Yeah. There, there was about like 10 or 12 of them. There was a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, like especially like at 8 o'clock in the morning when they would post the lines, because they didn't usually post the lines the night before. Oh, yeah. And then the, a, the, the Stardust, yeah. the official right. Vegas right. line. And which was funny, too, is like if you're there on a Sunday for football, once those 10 o'clock games got done and whew, you saw a mad dash to the phones, you know, to get their action in. And oh, yeah. Unless Jimmy J.J. Walker was there, then it was when the CFL action this was is going true. on. This is true. Yeah. He loved the Montreal Alouettes. I don't know. He loved the CFL. He used to pick it in the Stardust contest all I, the time. I know. I was with. It. I was. <laughs> I, I never went against him in the contest, but he was in the contest as I was, and then I never forget that. And you know, the CFL. What are you doing? And it, what's funny about that is him and I worked together years later. You know, uh, you know, hosting concerts and that sort of thing. And I said, Hey, remember those days back the Stardust and you know the contest? Yeah, I used to love that. And I said, Yeah, King of the CFL. That's right. He starts going on and on how he CFL remembered was dynamite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crazy. All right, and a guy who knows all about old world Vegas too, because he's been here quite quite a long time as well too. Our good friend Al Bernstein, the Hall of Famer, extraordinaire, Showtime Championship Boxing, CBS. What's going on, my man? Hey, not too much. It's good to visit with you again. It's been a while. I know. I know. That's because, you know, you've been so busy. I mean, you're gallivanting all over the place here. You're doing the Al Bernstein Unplugged podcast. You're hanging out with Snoop Dogg. I mean, come on, Al. I mean, 
Yeah, you got time for us. I'm, I'm very surprised, and I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. My new best friend, the Snoopster. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, I've been uh, running all over, and it's only going to get busier now. we got a big full slate of boxing coming up uh, starting on May 15th yeah. and going all the way through the summer. I know. I, I think that's the first time I've heard anyone refer to him as the Snoopster. So when you talk to him, Al, do you say, hey, what's up, Snoopster? <laughs> No, I've not called him that, although he did like when I had him on my uh, my uh, TV show and podcast. Right. I did say, I did say, I, I used a phrase that he loved. I said, and I said, and that is the jigsaw puzzle that we know of as Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Very nice. Right. I, I just want to know when you're going to be on the commercial with him on the beach and Bad Bunny on the shell phone. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, I've not yet been invited to participate in that, so I'll, but I will keep you guys posted. So what is it like, Al? I know you had him, had him on your show, and then again, you know, doing the broadcast uh, with him. What, what is that like, uh, 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 you know, talking with Snoop Dogg and, and doing on-air stuff? Well, he's a nice guy. You know, I get a kick out of him. I mean, he's, you know, his, his, um, his brand is a little bit more edgy than mine, just a smidge, uh, but <laughs> But uh, but you know we had we had we I enjoyed having him do uh, the interview with me. That was a lot of fun, and uh, um, I enjoyed. You know he's a good guy. I, I really found him to be um, very enjoyable. All right, Al Bernstein uh, joins us. All right, Al, I'm very excited. I'm sure you are too. As boxing is rolling out with its stars to kind of get back in the groove, fans are back in attendance at, at many of the venues. This weekend, Cinco de Mayo, you know what that means. That's Canelo Alvarez time, as, uh, but not here in Vegas, which is a little sad about that. But Canelo fighting Billy Joe Saunders in Dallas. Um, let, we'll talk about that match specifically here in a minute, but you look at Canelo, Anthony Joshua, Terrence Crawford, Earl Spence Jr., Triple G, that all those guys got some tune-up fights in 2020, but now it's time to get back to business with some championship fights. Uh, and do you feel that we are, or we're knocking on that door and we're, and, and we're back to it? Oh yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, you mentioned some guys. There's tons more. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know, so I know. Yeah, we got we got the, yeah Lopez yeah, the, and Davis and yeah, Haney I mean, and Lomachenko the, and the Charlos. Yeah, just yeah, to name a few. I, yeah. Yeah, for the for the summer, it it you know, it, it it is back to business, and and the summer plus the heading into the spring and winter, when I think we'll see even more significant matches. Um, you know, we're every. People are really uh, starting to dig in with some good matches. And uh, Canelo, you know, when he fights, it's always a, a major event. But, uh, but there's plenty of, uh, plenty of great action coming up in the next, you know, in the next four or five months. Uh, Jose Ramirez and uh, Josh Taylor coming up on the 22nd. We have a fight on the 15th, Brandon Figueroa and uh, uh, Luis Neri. Uh, Jermel Charles is going to pick on Brian Castellano in a uh, uh, title unification match. And, you know, the list goes on. So there's, there's so many good fights, and, uh, and I think it's going to be a, a significant um, summer for boxing. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Canelo and, and Billy Joe Saunders. It really does seem like Canelo arguably is the best pound-for-bound fighter in the world. He has stayed, I guess, relatively active. Uh, always a, a show when Canelo fights, whether it's you know in May or September here. But it, Al, it seems like he really has kind of cleaned up every, every division here. And I'm not sure if there is a legitimate fight on the horizon for him. I expect him to take care of Billy Joe Saunders. But uh, this fight has been talked about for quite some time. Uh, give me your thoughts when you match these two guys up. And then again, Canelo specifically. Well, I, I do think there are actually some pretty good fights for Canelo uh, down the road, but this one specifically, um, you know, uh, Billy Joe Saunders at 31, trying to become the first uh, UK boxer to beat uh, Canelo. Six before him have tried and failed, uh, and Billy Joe Saunders is, a, a, you know, undefeated, a very good fighter who is a clever boxer. Does not have much power. He's only got 14 KOs, and those came against not his best competition when he fought better competition. So the big question is, can he keep Canelo off of him? And uh, and can he box perfectly for 12 rounds? They had a big to-do over the ring size this week. 
Uh, he, of course, wanted a bigger ring. Um, Canelo and his folks wanted a smaller ring. They finally uh, came to agreement on that. Uh, but, you know, this is a, a significant fight in that he's, you know, unifying titles. Uh, you know, he's a, a, a Julie Joe Saunders, a champion at 168. And he, they're, so they're, they're unifying titles, and they're going to make 60-some-thousand people come into the AT&T Stadium. L, I know TC just mentioned the fact that Canelo is uh, arguably the best pound-for-pound fighter out there. Do you think that's true? What do you think about that pound-for-pound? Pound? Is that a legitimate thing, or, or is it just something that was kind of made up by the media and that to get more interest in there? And it was the smartest decision Floyd Mayweather ever made fighting Canelo when he did, when he knew that he could beat him? Yeah, no, I think it was smart for Floyd to fight him uh, at that time. And here's the, the one misnomer, you know. Canelo Alvarez had already been a, a, a boxer for seven years when he faced Floyd and was at 154 pounds and was a champion and was an excellent fighter. So while it's true that Canelo probably became better as time went on, uh, it, it didn't exactly get him before Canelo had you know become a really, really, really good fighter. But it was smart to fight him at that point. Part of it is because Canelo, Canelo's body grew out of those weight classes where Floyd could have faced him anyway. Um, you know, the pound for pound is mythical. It is kind of something that's created for interest, um, and people can debate it endlessly. No question, Canelo is one of the two or three best fighters in the world. Um, well, how you want to rank them is, you know, up to you. Uh, I think there are some interesting matches out there for him, though. David Benavides, who is a young former 168-pound champion who never lost it in the ring, only lost it in the um, uh, outside the ring. He is a fantastic potential fight for him. Jamal Trella, who could move up a few pounds and they could fight in the middle, he would be a terrific fight for him as well. So uh, there's fights out there, and they call Caleb Plant is the next fight that probably Canelo's going to want to do. That would unify titles in the 168-pound division as well. You know, a lot of those names that you're mentioning are either PBC fighters or on different networks. And we know Canelo is, is still technically with DAZN and, and doing his own thing there. Uh, are these potential legitimate matchups or are these, uh, no. you know, matchups that maybe cannot happen because, like we've seen, you know, with Crawford and Spence and that I sort of thing? They, I think they could happen. I, I think it's possible. And he's talked about it. He was just on a podcast with my. My pal Brian Custer, who is most of our Showtime boxing, and he was saying that he knows those matches need to be made. So even with the difference in TV outlets and everything, I think they could they could make those fights, and uh, uh, I think it would be feasible. It's not going to be easy, but it certainly is uh, possible for them to to make these fights radio shows. And uh, so you know that's certainly feasible. All right, Al Bernstein uh, joins us. Al, uh, you mentioned the Showtime schedule, kind of getting back into the swing of things here. Next week, uh, you're going to be down in L.A., uh, like I said, uh, Luis Neri against Brandon Figueroa. Uh, that should be a, a good uh, good match and a pretty good card. And uh, are you expecting you know, you know, know fans in the stands? We know that California is still kind of a little bit slow. They're nowhere near where, where Texas is, what we're going to see with Canelo this weekend. But uh, give us some thoughts on that. Yeah, there will be fans there. They have a, a I think they're going to allow 1,500 fans to be to be uh, here. There'll be about 1,500 fans in the uh, in the stands, and uh, uh, so there's going to be people there. And um, uh, you know, I think that's going to be true moving forward. We have that fight, which is a terrific fight. Um, Two hundred and twenty-two pounders, and maybe that's the best division in boxing right now. Uh, and then. We'll be back there two weeks later at the um, outdoor arena, the Dignity Sports uh, or Dignity Health uh, Sports Arena, uh, outdoor arena, and uh, on 29th for Nandito Donaire uh, fighting for a bantamweight title against Ubali, which is going to be a terrific fight. All right. So, Al, we also know that a Showtime pay-per-view coming up is Floyd Mayweather <laughs> Jr. and Logan Paul. And we've been talking go about figure. that. Wait, go figure. 50-0 and, 50 and 0 
against Owen one. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I in I, I, I well, know. It's, give me your thoughts on the, this. Yeah, these are the times. These are, these are the times we live in, and uh, uh, I, I, those kinds of matches create apparently monstrous interest, as did the Jake Paul. Uh, uh, match against Ben Askin, which I was a part of. And, uh, you know, underneath that, we have a terrific light heavyweight matchup between um, uh, Bedu Jack and um, uh, I forgot who he's fighting, but um, but it's a great it's a great matchup. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's that's a different kind of event. Um, and it's one that people will sign on board with because they get a kick out of it because Logan Paul has all this uh, you know all this um, social media reach and all the rest of it and Floyd Mayweather has a knack for uh, fighting in exhibitions in which he uh, he uses his considerable branding power to get people interested you know, L, when it comes to these kinds of fights and these kind of things going on all the time, a lot of people say how bad it is for boxing. Some people say, well, it gives a crossover. What are your opinions on them on the whole? Because I remember when Brock Lesnar came to the UFC and people were like, well, it's kind of a joke, but it brought in a different audience and it brought in mm-hmm. more people. And Ronda yeah. Rousey did the same thing. And Tiger Woods did that to golf. So if you are in a kind of weird kind of way bringing in a new audience and different people, couldn't it be a positive, even though it's not necessarily a, a legitimate fight? Well, that's the the thing about it. I view these things as one-offs for the most part. I, mean, I did the I did the um, McGregor Mayweather fight, and of course that was uh, you know the kind of a uh, uh, you know a circus fight in the way, <laughs> and you know, yeah. it, 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 and 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 you know, it was, it's a one-off for the sport mm-hmm. where I think it it, it isn't. I, I have a hard time seeing the 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 um, huge upside or downside downside uh, in either case. And um, so, I think it's uh, you know it it kind of it kind of falls somewhere in between bad or good for the sport. Is it one of those things, Al? Too, where I know you're you're going to be doing it because your employer, you know, Showtime is going to be broadcasting the fight. They're going to make it a pay per view. And do you look at it like, okay, I'm I'm really not crazy about doing this, but of course I'm going to be doing it. And uh, I know you're 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 a boxing guy, and a lot of boxing purists feel that hey, this is you know I don't want to have nothing to do with it. I don't want to watch it. There are boxing purists that say they're not going to pay for it and this and that. And it'll kind of probably put you in that type of position. It's like, well, you know, uh, my employer is going to be broadcasting it. I'm going to be there doing it. I mean, what did? How do you feel? You know, when you hear about this type of assignment? Yeah, you know, listen, it's all those things that you just said are are kind of like a, a macro description of, of everything. You know, you, you, it's one of those things where you end up doing them because, again, they're part of your um, the job description. Uh, they're, again, I view them as one-offs. I don't see this. As, I don't see it as a something that, at the end of the day, is going to uh, destroy boxing or damage it or whatever. Uh, and I understand. I understand the other viewpoint. I get the the, the idea that you know it's not um, uh, you know that it's not something that you want to see every two seconds in the sport of boxing. Al Bernstein, you tell he he was on the road there. The only thing that I was going to ask him is if there's at least a little bit of solace in the fact that although I don't like the Paul brothers, Logan or Jake fighting. At least I'll give them this, especially in Jake's case, because I don't know as much about Logan. At least they do seem to take it serious, and they are in the gym training and trying to be boxers and that. I'm not going to call them boxers, but at least it's not like they're just two guys going in there just for a paycheck. I mean, at least they do seem to be taking it serious and trying to put in the work. They're not doing it the right way or conventional way as we see it done, but um, you know, I'll give them that, that at least they are trying to be semi-true to the sport of the sweet science. Let me ask you this. Would you rather see a Logan Paul fight the guys that, that, that he has already and kind of make it more of a, more of a circus? But like then his again, brother Jake is doing. Well, yeah, you know, but maybe uh, more of an even type of match because when he steps in against a Mayweather, 
he's got no shot of winning this. Well, and he, and, and he hasn't. He didn't even win his other fight. That's the thing. Right. If it was Jake Paul taking right. Mayweather, I would still think right. it was a joke. Right. But three and zero is a lot better than zero and yes, one. Correct. Correct. So okay, I'm going to put both of the brothers in the in the same box here. Okay. Okay. It doesn't matter if it's Logan, Jake, whatever. And obviously, Just yeah. Reach your hand yeah. and grab one out, yeah. and you have a Paul yeah. brother. Yeah. There, there you go. So a Paul brother against really anybody instead of a guy who's arguably the best in the world that, that we've seen at, at 50 and 0. And of course, Floyd can be criticized for handpicking opponents and again, picking Canelo at the right time, picking Pacquiao at the right time and that sort of thing. But and still took on the know, biggest names in the sport. Still did. For the most part, yes, he did. So, but again, this is going to be really non-competitive. Uh, you know, did, what would I don't know, I don't want to see either one of these type of, of events, but I, I don't know. Is there one you would rather see? I'd rather see the one that's shorter, that doesn't have the concert yeah. around it and everything. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to pretend to be a boxer, and if you're going to put on the charade of where you have a boxing card, then make it a boxing card. I don't want to see the concert around it. I don't want to see one fight and then an hour, an hour and a half of no fights or whatever. And I want a semi-legitimate undercard as well. Mm. Put on a couple people like that. So I don't want to see either, but I would like to see like maybe somebody else, again, like you said, from his realm, that maybe you could make it a competitive fight. Because against Mayweather, it doesn't matter if it's Logan or Paul. You're right about that. Mm. They're going to get their butt whipped. Just like Ben Askren, and I'm actually kicking myself because we knew this going in, but I was giving Ben Askren too much credit. I mean, we said it on here the whole time. He's not a boxer. He's a wrestler. He can't, And he's had the, the knee surgery and everything else out there. It was a hand-picked thing. At least take on another boxer. You know, like when Daniel Cormier calls him out. Oh, well, get in a ring with me. I'll rip your face off. Of course you will. But he's not going to get in an MMA fight. He never claimed. At least they're smart enough to be in boxing matches. I don't even know what Logan Paul's credentials really are because... He hasn't beaten anybody, but yeah, I, no, I don't want to see him against say, Mayweather. That, that's a bigger joke than McGregor was. At least McGregor was a real combat sport guy, right? And I know a lot of people said, "Well, it was a better fight than I thought." Really? No, because it was a joke fight, and Mayweather no. let him look competitive for three rounds to try to add legitimacy to it, and then just beat the crap out of him the rest of the fight without really beating him up or whatever. Yeah. And from McGregor's point, it was a great move. He got a gigantic check. From a guy that couldn't have broken egg that night yeah, because he wasn't punching it hard was, enough. It was a money grab for both guys. Absolutely. Play, play, that's all it was. It was a circus. It was and a I don't spectacle. blame either one of them. And again, you know, being in the media, leading up to that, you know, doing our shows from everything out there. I mean, it was just a, a media circus. And again, the event, no, it, it wasn't very good, but we knew it, was, it wasn't going to be very good. But that's still a little bit more interesting. Maybe it was the first of its kind, too. But this stuff that we're seeing now, like you said, it just uh, it's more emphasis on the show. The rock concert, the other nonstuff, uh, yeah. you know, the the other, you know, singers and artists that are that are that are performing. That that's what it is. From a boxing yeah. standpoint, yeah. to be honest, I'm almost I'm almost more interested in seeing Ocho Cinco against maybe Brandon Marshall or something, just because I don't know what to expect from either yeah. one of them. Yeah. It could at least be competitive. And now we're going back to the old you know TV shows that they used to do with a celebrity well, yeah. boxing yeah. matches. That's Danny that Bonaducci taking on Barry yeah. Williams. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Danny Purchase and Greg Brady in his corner at the Limelight Hotel downtown Chicago. <laughs> Canelo Alvarez, he uh, gets back in the ring on Saturday night against Billy Joe Saunders. So we'll look forward to that. But I uh, really expect Canelo to definitely take care of business. All right, uh, we come back on the other side. Matthew Holt will join us. Uh, we'll talk VGK Minnesota. That's going to get underway in a couple hours as well. So don't you dare go anywhere. T.C. Barton Ballpark Frank on this Wednesday. Mexico, lindo y querido.